Hello everyone, this is Ramon Chavron. And this is uh, Boots. This is Dos Pistoleros. This is episode two of our podcast. Uh, we, were, we talked a little bit about uh, following up on the on the Andy Ruiz thing and, and, the, and the boxing podcast that we did last time, but I think we ultimately went ahead and decided to save that for when Andy Ruiz obviously gets his rematch or moves on to whatever opponent is out there. Um, it's June and July are big months in sports. We obviously missed the, uh, I was so excited about the Andrew Reese fight that, that uh, we didn't really touch on anything in the NHL and, and uh, uh, NBA championships, which I think you were just fine, perfectly fine with. Cause yeah, <laughs> after the whole Kawhi Leonard, I'm a Spurs fan. After that whole thing, fiasco with Kawhi Leonard, I just didn't even care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I got to take a season or two off before. And now I heard, last I heard he was going to the Clippers. Isn't free agency crazy? Oh, it's nuts, dude. It's... I mean, it's so hard to follow, especially for two guys like us who want to, to follow a lot of different types of sports, and it it changes so much. It's not like, you know, 20 years ago or, 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 or even ten. longer ago, yeah, <laughs> no. like, where guys had a lot of, you know, and, and I don't want to say loyalty. It's it's his, it's a person's right to, to go wherever they, they you know, they feel like they're being more appreciated financially. But at the end of the day, I still think there's such a huge element of greed and and it takes a lot out of the sport for me. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel as honorable as this. I think there is a a level of loyalty there, though. Like, because if you're going to throw greed in there, then that's definitely not loyal because you're worried about money. And if you're a great player and you say like, Say you're LeBron James playing for Cleveland, right? Like that's kind of a good example, I think. You know, they, he was basically carrying that team, and right. I can't. I don't even know what his salary was, but I mean, he was getting pretty big money, but not nearly as big as if he went to a market like Miami, Miami. or LA. You know, and so he. But I got. I don't like the guy, but I got to give him props. And it's like I don't like LeBron personally. I just don't like him as a player. You know, because. I, I think he was overhyped. I still think he's overhyped, you know. But I, I tend to agree. I think that he's... I think there are a lot of players in the NBA right now who hold a candle to him or can easily be in that conversation as, as good as him. Mm-hmm. I think you can't call him the GOAT just based on the fact that he's surrounded by guys that outscore him in a single season and, yeah. and, and, and actually perform better than him and what Kevin Durant's got. Two scoring titles. I think uh, oh. Harden's got a couple of scoring titles. Well, even look Westbrook's at probably got a couple. I think, and yeah. you know, you, you compare him to even the guys that he plays against in the league. Then, then you know, it's hard to really to call him the greatest of all time. I right? think he finally got his first dose of Western Conference play because he's always played in the Eastern Conference, and everybody's like, that's kind of the easy conference. You know, even when they had good teams, they were still a little bit easier. You know, they look a lot better now after the Raptors won that. Yeah, they definitely, like, I mean, I'm not saying, like, well, I am saying, I guess, there was a stretch there where it was oh, Western. Western was just dominated it. I think yeah. LeBron James is one of the only guys to win a championship for the Eastern Conference. I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't follow I, basketball. As yeah, he's, sports. I think he's been on that. This might be the first year where he wasn't on the Eastern Conference title team. Right. 
because I think when Miami was winning, he, he was with them. When Cleveland won, he was with them. Um, the only other team I could say was Boston. Oh, that's right. He wasn't playing that's with right. Boston when Boston won him. Yeah. But I mean, look what Boston had to do. Look what Miami had to do. You know. Yeah. Whereas when you had teams that were winning in the Western Conference, you know, you had Spurs winning. You had you know L.A. winning. And it's kind of you can almost make the argument that like maybe the Eastern Conference got so good that I don't think it was even for the Eastern Conference. I think this is for the Western Conference. Western Conference was so tight and so so much competition. A lot of times the Western Conference championship was basically the title game. You know, it, it was it was <laughs> if, if you were a Western Conference, and yeah. and that's how it was in the NFL when I was a kid. Was if you were a fan of an AFC team. Your Super Bowl was the AFC Championship because you was almost guaranteed that once you got to the Super Bowl, you were going to get fucking blown out of the water. And that was what happened when I was young. And, and that's the reason back. why I tend to go for the AFC teams in the Super Bowl when there are two teams that I don't really care either one way or another about. I tend to stray toward the AFC teams because I want to see the AFC continue to compete the way that they have over the last... And that's years. that's how I am with the NFC, unless it's somebody in my division. And, and I'm a Cowboys fan. I don't know if y'all notice a trend here. I am from Texas <laughs> <laughs> with, with the Spurs and Dallas Cowboys. But I cannot root for the Philly, Philadelphia Eagles or the Washington or New York. Right. But even even said but that's like, how that rivalry is in that yeah. division. No Cowboys fan is going to do that. And the same ever. vice versa. No Eagles fans ever going to vote for a Giant or yeah. for a, a Cowboys. You know. So as, even as much as you hated the Patriots a couple of years ago, you just could not go for the Eagles. When they were like, "Oh, who, who are you going for?" and I was like, "Who's in the Super Bowl? The Giants and the Patriots." I hope the power goes out. That's what I'm, I'm voting for. <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm voting for, you know, a blackout. blackout. Yeah. yeah. Power outage. That's what I'm going for, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's funny. You know, so, like, these these uh, uh, this time in sports, obviously, we missed the NBA championship and the NHL championship. And then and, uh, I think we were a little caught up in boxing at the time when that yeah. went down. So, But coming up, we have uh, uh, the Women's World Cup. Which the finals U.S. Tomorrow, is in yeah. the finals uh, again. And, the and this is the, they're going after what their third. This would be their fourth. It's it, I think it's the fourth. Is it the fourth title? I know they. This is their first back to back. Right. So that's I know they're going to be the first. They're trying to be the first women team to go back to back. National women's team to go back to back. Oh really? Yeah. Whereas uh, in the men's team, it's been uh, Brazil went back to back. I think Germany went back to back back in the '70s, stuff like that, you know. But um, and I've I've read a lot about uh, them being the heavy favorites in this in this final. That being said, I did do some research on the uh, the Dutch team, and, Netherlands, and, yeah, oh, yeah, the Netherlands, and uh, Vivian. Oh, they man. seem really really good. Uh, uh, the other girl, Lee, um, Lee K, uh Martin or whatever. Her oh yeah, Martins. Yeah, that that girl. She scored the game winner against Sweden. Right. Yeah. Right. So, that being said, uh, I think the U.S. is favored most because of their coaching, uh, their experience, obviously in the in the World Cup, and but. Because of their, their facilities. Got huge threats on the, that Netherlands team that could easily easily make up, you know, a game out of this. I think my I I get a lot of guff for this because I just I'm not a big fan of the. U.S. men's or the U.S. women's team. For like the U.S. women's, in football, in football. soccer, only in soccer, yeah. yeah. Like, 
And don't don't get me wrong, I am a gung ho American. I just don't. I just love soccer, football so much. When I watch these teams play, to me, it's it's just uh, it's not the beautiful sport. And I've heard, and I, I'm so glad there's other people on YouTube that I've watched big names that have been just like, I can't watch it. They can't watch them play because they just tear this game up. It, it they make it so ugly. And I'm like, I'm glad I'm not the only one because when I was younger, yeah. playing soccer in high school, and you know. I put a three. Uh, I remember I put a, a three-on-three team together, and we played in MLS tournament uh, sponsor tournaments uh, over Texas. And nice. yeah, we uh, we qualified for nationals. We got second at state. We were seven, eighteen years old. And my parents still have a new silver clip, and I got like a silver medal from MLS thing. You right. know, we were invited to even like it was one of those like, hey, you did good tournaments. Here's uh, why don't you come try it for the Dallas FC? Because it because MLS was still in its infancy. Uh-huh. This was 2000, you know, and so it's like it was kind of one of those like it was almost like they were scouting these tournaments to see if anybody had skills and they're uh, like okay these teams were good let's here, here you go here you go and like it was I don't I don't take me into it like oh man I got I got a letter to come try out at you know this this big MLS team which wasn't big at the time right you know and it was just one of those. They needed people. They sent the number out to people that were in that tournament. Right. You know, so it was almost, it's almost like a chain letter. You know what I mean? <laughs> almost like the uh, credit card things you get in the mail. Like, <laughs> damn, I got some good credit. Hell yeah. Like, yeah, I got one of those too. Yeah. What? Oh, man. I thought my credit was good. <laughs> you know, but it's not like that. So, but uh, it just. Still, that's pretty cool. That's, it's a pretty cool experience. Yeah, it was I fun. Know. It was a fun to do thing to do. I put the team together. I remember I almost got in trouble at school because I was sneaking off, talking on when cell phones. This is how old I am. Cell phones were still first new, and they were banned on school grounds. And I was talking on the phone, and teacher saw me. And was like, "Hey, you're not supposed to be on your phone." And I was like, "Just hold on." I'm like, "Okay, I need to schedule uh, our team, the blitz, you know, set up the team and stuff, and get the scheduling." And I found out firsthand what it was like to do everything you know because normally when I, when I played on a traveling team since I was a kid yeah. and we played tournaments all over Texas we played against a team that came up from Mexico that was these guys were amazing they came in a bus like a chartered bus we're all matching green wind suits the, the Mexican uh, like national team jerseys and I was just like these guys are gonna whoop our butts you know then we played a team from Oklahoma that was really good so you know I, I was experienced in all that and that uh, traveling like, like the select team you know it wasn't just like oh I played at, in my hometown small town of less than 6,000 people you know it was we, we expanded we went further which was we did pretty good for a team of only 6,000 people yeah. you know like we played against teams against San Antonio and Dallas that are you know those are big towns like they have yeah. the cream of the crop to choose from but uh, you know the coach does all that stuff and so it was my first experience and calling the turn uh, the tournament people set here's my team here are the players getting hold of the players getting them to get their IDs everything what time to be here's the paperwork fill it out give the paperwork you know give it to this guy so we can fax it off basically like I was doing all the coaching stuff instead of having somebody else do it it was it was kind of a nice experience you know like and that's why I think I was talking to you the other day about like I've always wanted to coach right I've had that little bit of experience of having to set all that stuff up you know like and it was kind of a good feeling because I was I was doing that and I was playing at the same time, so it was nice, you know. But the reason why the whole thing with the I don't like them the the teams the U.S. teams like I don't 
you know, like hate them or anything, but it's just like, I just think the style of play is ugly. And, you know, um, with the women's team, I think they should be winning every World Cup because of, I think our culture in America with women is far surpassed the rest of the world, right. you know? Like, you, you beat Thailand 13 to nothing, you know, like, and you celebrate in their face, you know, so, you know, it's up if it was disrespectful or not. I think scoring the goals wasn't disrespectful, you know, because that's part of your job. Yeah. That's like going up to, that's like saying, hey, we're up 16 to one in the eighth inning. Just walk up there, let the pitcher strike you out and leave, you know. That's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I get the goals, but when you're, when you're you know, at the same time, you're not going to see that guy in the eighth inning up 16 nothing, hit that home run, you know, throw his chest up, flip his bat in front of the whole team and, like, start yelling and, like, throwing his hands in the air. You're not going to see that mm-hmm. because the next guy's going to get beamed in the ribs, right. <laughs> you know. And I thought I didn't know that Megan Rapinoe was going to play in this game because she didn't play against England, so I, was, I assumed she wasn't going to be in the finals. And, and her being the most experienced veteran and the you know high scorer, I kind of thought that the Netherlands had like a bigger chance than what they do now. Finding out that that girl is going to be it's going to be because Rapinoe is playing, right? She is. Yeah, I I personally I think that they have a better chance with the Netherlands have a better chance with her in it because. If they think that she's not playing, it's almost like, okay, their main threat's gone, so we don't have to worry about it. It kind of messes up their cha- yeah, game plan. Yeah. But now that she's in it... Which we've seen that happen in other sports before. Yeah. yeah, we're like, okay, this guy's not playing. Okay, we can do this thing. We don't have to worry about this wing side anymore. Right. Where they're going to be coming down. Gonna be, their best bet now is coming down the left side. And then at the last minute, oh, she is playing. Revert back, revert back. Yeah. But their mindset's already set in this, like, when I, I'm trying to watch the right side, you know, or the left side, the left side, and... Yeah, come down the, the, right. the women's World Cup final is tomorrow morning, I think, isn't it? I believe it's at one o'clock. My my, my laptop's taking forever to load up. I can't. <laughs> I don't know why it's taking so uh, long. I, I told you we need a tech. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my laptop. I don't know why my laptop. This, this is like literally the only time my laptop's done this. Like I've gotten on and watched movies and everything, yeah. and then I'm like, and then when it's showtime, let's go ahead and record, and then yeah. Yeah. And wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. But uh. So <laughs> maybe so, I should uh, use the sound effects on here. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so, so uh, aside from the women's World Cup final, which I'm going for the U.S. women's team, uh, uh, I, I think just because they're they're about to make history, you know what I mean? See, I, I like I'm going for the Netherlands because a lot of the girls. I I'm a huge Arsenal fan out of England. They're the, the Premier League team, and there's we some of the, about that. yeah, there's yeah. some girls. From the Netherlands that are on their team, Vivian, uh, I can't say her last name, Mediana. She's a great looking girl and she has got some skills. She's and we're a, guys, so we're yeah. into the good looking ones. That yeah. Like, I, I, I hate to say this, and I'm probably going to get a lot of guff over this if anybody even listens to the podcast. But, <laughs> we got to is not your prototypical, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to watch her and go, man. I love her because I just look at her and I go, I don't. I don't Where, versus like that, you know versus Alex Morgan, who is Alex like, Morgan, yeah. is like really super. And you're like, she could be like, oh, she missed that. Oh, but she's pretty cute, it's which is like, like the like wrong Gina way to Crono, look at this it. This is not to disrespect Gina Carano because for her time oh, in Gina MMA, Crono. she was pretty dominant. But you put her up against Cyborg and like, dude, she. 
retired her. Yeah. She's totally had her way with her. But like Gina Carano was so pretty that everybody was like, oh, she's the best. She's yeah. the greatest ever. But Ronda Rousey. Not, Ronda Rousey's another you one. You know, she was, I still consider her a champion. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, 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 looks wise, I don't think she looks like Gina Carano. No, no. And, no. and but skills was, wise, I think she was a lot better than Gina Carano. But, but still, I, I think that you. I think they were yeah, different levels. Yeah, you can't put them on different. Yeah, but you can't yeah. compare her to like some of the. Some of the other greats, uh, Amanda Nunez is, is oh, yeah. a freaking beast, man. I love watching it. And she fights tonight against Holly Holm, so that's right. Good luck to those, yeah, those fighters tonight. That's another sport that's that's uh, this week. That's... Yeah, I think Corona, Corona Gina Corona, I can't remember her name, whose father was actually the backup quarterback to Roger Stallback for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh no joke. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. When you're I, a Cowboys fan, you yeah. know those little tidbits, <laughs> yeah. huh? Well, I've been, I've been watching Gina Carano since she was young and doing the boxing. Was oh, both, yeah. And they would have, like, remember when, like, uh, I think she was on a big bill. It was, like, uh, a De La Hoya fight. Like, maybe it was De La Hoya Mayweather or something. Wow. Uh, but I remember she came up boxing. They were talking about that. And, uh, but I think she, if they stood up, I think she... Gina Carano would beat uh, Ronda Rousey because she's got bad, better fists. That's a pretty bold. St- I don't. I, I don't think, think she, she does. I do think it. Ronda's got so. I mean, she was one of the early good champions, but she was still a paper champion, just like Ronda Rousey. But I with think less skills. I think if they if they wrestle, Ronda wins all day. If they go to the ground, Ronda wins all day. But if she just stands up and strikes her. Ronda had so many holes in her stand-up game. I mean, Misha Tate, all she had to do was just stand with her. Right. And she beat her for two rounds. And then for some god-awful reason decided to wrestle her, which was the biggest mistake. And that's yeah. how she lost that second one. I mean, Nunez. You see a lot of strikers make that, make that uh, mistake. Yeah, yeah. In, it's, the, in the UFC. And, and Holly They Hull get that like, confidence. I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah she I'm just threw her off. I feel comfortable, yeah. <laughs> Same as Nunez. Nunez just shrugged her off, shrugged her off. Because she could see there was times when she just... I don't know if it was just she was just getting beat so bad and was just trying to hug yeah. or, you know, get some kind of rest. But they were just shrugging her off and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, but, and uh, then you've got the men's gold cup. The Conquer Calf. Coming up, yeah. Which, that's and versus that Mexico. One is, yeah, there's a big rivalry there. Yeah, the U.S.-Mexico, that's always the, uh, what, what do they call this? The, uh, this is for the border wall yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, it's the two giants of the, of, the division basically going against each other. Which, that yeah. being said, some of those other Caribbean teams made a pretty good showing of themselves. I oh, mean, yeah. Martinique uh, held Mexico yeah. after Mexico destroyed Cuba. And then right. Cuba destroyed Martinique. I think I think I said that. And then every right. player on the Cuban team defected to the United States. Yeah. Directly <laughs> afterwards. That's no. usually, that's, that's, the that's sad thing is, is like that's usually what happens. You know? yeah. Or not usually what happens, but it happens it a lot. Happens a lot yeah. I mean, look at Yuri Gurriel, <laughs> who was this 34-year-old rookie, yeah. where his brother, Lourdes, is a 22-year-old, one of the top prospects coming in. He plays for the Toronto Blue Jays, I believe. Uh, and uh, it's like, well, how come he was only 22 and he's a rookie, and your brother had to be a 36-year-old rookie? Uh, well, Uriel in 2006 was just an amazing baseball player for Cuba won gold medals and all like the right. baseball world cup and the right. Olympics all this stuff Cuba would not let him leave right your your national pride you're staying with us yeah. he was supposed to be the number one prospect coming to MLB in 2006 yeah. it took him 10 years to get out of there to yeah. finally defect yeah. and get here and 
I'm so glad the Houston Astros picked him up because he's amazing. La Pina is what they call yeah, him. He's, yeah. uh, he's just, I mean, he watched game five of the 2017 World Series, man. He, just him hit, jacking that three-run home run to tie it against, I mean, that was one of the greatest games in World Series history, they say, you know. Yeah. It went 11 innings, I believe, and it was 14 to 15. I mean, it was just... Back and forth. Yeah, like they would take yeah. the lead. It'd be like, oh, you know, Dodgers are up 4 nothing, you know, and then that inning, we tie it. I, then, when I was outside on the porch with Hector the other night, uh, we were like, where's JJ? We went in, you were showing Tyler highlights of that game. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, like, this is, this I remember, is, yeah. It was such a great game. There was so much drama, so much backdrop to it. It was just amazing, yeah. you know. And the Astros were so under... They were the underdog. Like, and they were so like, oh, they're going to get killed. The Dodgers are so good, you know. Like, yeah, the Astros are good, but they don't have any experience. Dodgers have been here before. Because Dodgers had lost to Chicago the previous year. It's like, oh, they got the experience, so they're going to win. But it's like, man, you can't, you can't give up on these guys. These guys are superstars. Right. What do you make of this? Uh, the U.S. men's national team is is uh, undefeated at Soldier Field. Six and zero, I think, is what what they said. I was reading up on it last night. I I would have to look into the opponents. I'm not sure. I don't think I remember the opponents are. Oh no. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, they are. They're they're undefeated at. at but Soldier and you got to take in the account since essentially since the last Olympics of what their team's done. Like everybody's like, oh, they're so good. And there is a Mexican def- uh, defender. I forgot his name. Do you he, think uh, that they have home field advantage at Soldier Field? Being because if they were it, playing think, in the southern part of the United States, you wouldn't really say that. Yeah, they play like in, yeah, because there are just as many Mexican fans in the southern part of the U.S. See, as there are there's a lot. My, when I was in Chicago, I was I was actually surprised. You know, being of Mexican descent as well as myself. When There's I more was, Mexicans up there than what you would think. Yeah, about. oh yeah. I remember I was, we were, went to the park outside Lake Michigan. And we went up there and I was like, oh, okay, I'm just going to hang out. And I seen these people playing soccer. And I was like, oh man, I'm just about to get into this game, pickup oh. game. So I went in there and, I, and they started speaking Spanish to me. I was like, when I, I kind of opened my eyes, like from the shock, because I already had like, it was like the yeah. uh, veil. Okay, you know, I'm in Chicago. It's all a lot of like, Italians or like Polish people, white people. But when I kind of finally like looked around, I was like, this whole park's full of just Mexicans. And there was like just families like playing volleyball and soccer. And I was like, I didn't realize and that they was travel well too. I mean, yeah. I have a guy on my crew that took the day off when uh, when uh, Mexico played in Denver against uh, Cuba. Against was it against Cuba? Yeah, because I remember my, my family was here and I was like, oh, we just went to that game. I didn't know yeah. they, they were playing in Cuba. I was like, I wanted to go to that. Yeah, it was the kickoff to the Concacaf. Yeah, he took days off to, to go to that. Game. I wanted to he go was like, that. I, I should have went. I absolutely need these days off. You can tell me no if you want, but I probably won't be back. <laughs> I was like, dude, you take the days off, bud. And then you're, you're like, totally oh. taking this serious right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big deal. That's yeah. that's how I feel. Well traveled, so like. It, it, even though it be in the northern part of, of the U.S., I think, like, you know, they're, yeah, they're, they're going to make So I think, I think they do have a slight advantage, but it's not a huge margin like you, you would Like you would if they were playing somebody else, I think, yeah. I think if this was, like, more towards 2001 after 9-11 attacks, yeah. I think it would be a huge advantage for, because we had that, that togetherness after, you know, being attacked, and so... 
it would have been everybody been like even they would have been Mexico fans there but I don't think they would be as loud yeah. as and I think a lot of it is too because some of them are very respectful and they'll be like hey we, we understand what happened you know they would be like Speaking I'm gonna cheer for my respectful, team what's this deal about them uh uh, chanting gay chants or something. Is there a gay player on the U.S. Men's National Team or something? I am not. I'm not aware of. Oh, they were they were trying to talk him out of. Uh, the the uh, thief was trying to encourage the, the Mexican uh, football fans to not uh, to stop their gay chants or something like that. I and think, I, I but thought, I think is there a is there a homosexual guy on the on the U.S. Men's National Team? Maybe or not that I know of. Oh. There might be. But I think some of the stuff that they they that they chant. But there's a difference between the patriotism and, and dude, they're Mexicans, bro. They're very like machistos, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah. So, but they're, they, you know, they could be saying like, oh, like you know, like when you call someone like, oh, you, you, you know. Like, I don't know enough about it to, to comment on it. I don't right. even know what they're saying. I just yeah. read an article somewhere that uh, FIFA is trying to encourage. You know, but that's been that's been what a a, a uh, what do you call it? That's been their flag. For, for a while with racism southern racism and all facets of the game because there's been things in league play but what some people call racism <laughs> to me is not and so and what, to, some things that they think are not racist I think are some things that, that they think are racist I'm like how's that racist I remember yeah. when Barack Obama first got elected he was uh, try, he was running a campaign to to have the Mexican president uh, get rid of the uh, as Pinguino was the name of the, the cartoon character, and there was a Mexican uh, postal stamp that had the, a picture of him, and what it was essentially was a guy in blackface. It was a cartoon character uh, in blackface, and uh, his name was El Pinguino, I think, or something like that, and uh, and Barack Obama was trying to encourage them to, to get rid of that stamp, and the Mexican president was like, why are you it's a cartoon. trying to encourage it? We're a whole different country. Yeah. You know what I mean? Number one. Number two, that character is a staple of, of, of our history. We're not getting rid of it just because you're just because you're offended. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not gonna happen, bro. That's so and that's, yeah, that's how Yeah, and that was when I first saw the uh, and and I, I, I even told you too, I didn't want to get into politics when we when we do our podcast, but here we are. And I told you it would happen, but you I, let that, it that here. was when I saw the uh, the documentary about uh, the the Mexican, the first Mexican black president, which had actually, you know, he had been the president of Mexico 150 years, 150 years before we had our first black president. Mexico had its first black president. Yeah. That's 150 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if anybody has the a right, right to call somebody racist, it's them. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, so, yeah. but the funny thing is, one of the things that the documentary was kind of pointing out was like. Uh, uh, you can go up to any Mexican national <clears throat> and ask them, uh, what year did, did Mexico have its first black president? And most of them will tell you, we've never had a black president before. Because it happened so far well, back. Well, I don't think it's just that it could because it happened so far back. I don't think that it matters as much in their society oh, to them okay. what color his skin is. I think it matters more to us, and I think that is a... That's that inhibits a us because... These elections are being based on it. Yeah, they, they, you know the I mean? racism of it. Yeah, yeah, the like the, the racism of it is what's basing people's votes. It's what's drawing people's votes. But but yeah, and, and one guy in the documentary was saying the reason why most Mexicans don't know that they had a black president is because they don't give a fuck. 
Yeah. You know, they don't care what color his skin was, which is the ultimate non-racist thing Whereas to say. Whereas us, we, we're going to be like, Whereas that, oh, we geez. will celebrate it in the streets. It will, there'll be confetti and And we'll else. call them, oh, they're so racist, they don't even know they have a black president. Right, isn't that crazy? Like, what they, it's because they it don't care. Isn't crazy that the absence of racism seems more racist to us? Yeah. It, it's, it's because it's wild, we can't, I think America, us as Americans can't fathom people not thinking like like us. Well, yeah, how, how do they How do they not want freedom? If you have kids who don't, who don't see in color, because like, uh, you know. You uh, think the, they're more the racist. The innocence of a kid, yeah. They don't see in color. They don't see one person as different from another. You would think they're racist. Most of the the most of these uh, social justice warriors and stuff in the U.S. these days would call that racism. Yeah. The fact that you don't recognize that they're different makes you racist. And talk to them different because yeah. of you can't say that because yeah you got to be more sensitive to them and, and yeah. stuff. Whereas a kid is their their mind is blank and innocent are just like. You're just another person, just like so and so. Yeah, I'm gonna talk the same way in front of you that I do in front of so and so. It's so crazy how that is. It, it, isn't it wild? The more, uh, 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 the the less racist, racist we try to be, the more racist we are. By our own standard, By which is ridiculous. Standard. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. but let's get off. And that you can watch. Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> politics. So, uh, <laughs> so back to the original question of, of America has home field advantage. There was a. Uh, there was a defender who made a statement saying that they're not giants anymore. America's not giants anymore. Yeah, that was. We, crazy. I forgot his. I think it was the, the uh, corner, the center back. Yeah. And he was like, "So it's, it's, it's just as easy for us to win. You know, I don't, I don't see why we're making a big deal of this kind of thing. It's just, you know, and he has a point. Like, I figure, like, you know, it's so close to Fourth of July, he's gonna rile some Americans up. But yeah. then, I think a lot of knowledgeable soccer. Patriots from America are like, he got us, you know, because if you look back, you know, we lost to Trinidad Tobago to get out of the World Cup. Annabelle beats us to get into the World Cup. We, yeah. you know, it's like we had this arrogance. I forgot the guy's name. He went on a rant after we lost to Trinidad Tobago. But then uh, Alejandro Moreno off of uh, ESPN FC, him and uh, uh, the keeper for West Ham, I forgot his name. I love the guy Shaka. I think his name is Shaka. So Shaka Hislop. He was a keeper. He, you know, in Europe. He's from Trinidad Tobago, and you can see their mood, their body, their, their body language. They, they're, they're pissed, and they're not pissed that the U.S. didn't win. Now, that's maybe like a minute part. They're pissed that right. the U.S. had the arrogance of, oh, the field was too wet. That's why we're, we're in this little backwater country. We should just automatically be led into the World Cup, you know? Right. And it was like, they were mad that there was so much arrogance out there. Arrogance on this team that you, you're just overlooking these these guys like they're nothing. You got to understand that these guys are fighting like it's for their lives. And in some instances, like in Cuba or Colombia with Escobar, it was for their lives, yeah. you know? And... That's, this, a, that's a huge stain on the sport of football. It's it's sad. The Escobar? Yeah, yeah. That, that happened. Uh, uh, and, you know, still to this day, nobody's even really sure if, if uh, there was actually involvement from, from the cartels in that. And, yeah. You know, they don't know if it was just a crazed fan or, or what. You know what I mean? There's actually but a... But still, either way, it's just a sad. Well, there's an ESPN uh, 30... 30 for 30 or 30, 30, for 30 yeah. on it uh, yeah. called Escobar and Escobar. Because yeah. it, 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 Pablo Escobar loved soccer. He loved football. Oh, yeah. You know, he, I mean, he built, and he, for all the bad things he did, he did some good stuff. And I'm not 
defending him by any well, means. Well, what mafioso but, didn't? Yeah, yeah, they all they all like contributed to their community. And, and that's why, like, like that's what you're supposed to do. You know, you so the community, the people love you. The non law might love not not love you, but the, the people will protect you. Well, in some cases, even the law. Will be really, really oh yeah, some it depends of those, how powerful you are. Those little local guys, the little local police, yeah. uh, they they're, they're putting a wiretap on me. And you know what? Here's a bonus for you and your family. You know what? I got a vacant house. You know, it's two stories, got a pool. I see that you got another kid coming. It's your fifth one. Well, there's five bedrooms. Why don't you go ahead and take it? No, no rent. Uh-oh. I'm sorry about that, buddy. It's all right. Sorry about that. I think this might be a good time to put on pause. Are you just okay? No. No. Okay, we're gonna. Sorry. We're gonna keep on going. <laughs> That's why I love these things. <laughs> but uh, but he he had a point, you know. Since and the the Trent guy from the ESPN who went on. The rant. I mean, go to YouTube and put in the rant. U.S. Soccer, yeah. U.S. Men's National Team, and it, you'll see it. It's and it's it's good. You know, Lexi Lawless did the same thing. He he said, you know, you're a bunch of tattooed soft millionaires who were given everything. Therefore, you know, you're about to lose everything, and they did end up squandering all. Yeah. So and they are because it used to be like you have to admit that there is definitely a lot more pressure on the Mexican. Team yeah, to win this game. To win this game than there is on the U.S. men's. I mean, and the, and and, and there's there's the pressure on being, both of them. Yeah, part of the reason though being is that they're, they're U.S. Are. fans just aren't as as as, as rabid. They don't expect as much of their team as some of the other countries do. And and basically, you know, Mexico's going into this game. Uh, it's not good enough just to be there. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, you need to you beat this to team. Walk, yeah, you have to walk away from the trophy. Anything less is just unacceptable. Yeah, and then, and also you, they look at it as like this this U.S. team is like you said they're not giants anymore. They're they're not they're not good. This team's not good anymore. We should be able to just walk you know walk all over them. Which, right. And respect that's the wrong thinking because that's how you get beat. When you come in with that attitude, we're just gonna walk all over them. It's not, and then next thing you know. You're down two nothing, like America did against Trinidad. Right. You know, but there is pressure on the U.S. team to win because they need to get out of this funk, prove that they're they're making they're, they're making their way back. But it's kind of hard to do. I mean, there's a lot of same players coming back, uh, and the the crazy thing is a lot of these teams because this I think this gold this Concacaf Gold Cup is for Olympic qualifying because they do it again later on in like two years. For World Cup qualifying, right. and uh, I think, I mean, Mexico doesn't even have their full team. They're not even like their main players aren't even playing. They have seven players that are in their thirties. Yeah. I forgot. Is it Moreno? I can't remember his name. I should remember his name. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get dogged by the Mexican fans. <laughs> he's he's this. If he makes an appearance tomorrow night, he will be a century man. He will be 100 country appearances caps for Mexico. Which right. is pretty amazing. That's a that's a that's a long career. It's a good career, especially in a sport where you hit your thirties and you're kind of you're over the hill. You know, like you, you can't keep up with the young bucks anymore and stuff. And he's yeah. they got a lot of thirty year olds who are doing good. I on the other hand, I think you started to see the stamina take effect later on in the tournament as they were struggling. They struggled against uh, oh, who was it? They played Haiti. Haiti. Yeah, they struggled, against, also. they struggled against those two guys. Yeah, and I was just like, wow, like, just 
couple years ago, we were blowing those guys out of the water, you know? Do you think that's a testament to, to, to how good those teams are starting to get now, though? Do you think that the, the, that the division is getting better? Like, a little bit more competitive? Because it's always been Mexico and the U.S. sort of uh, dominating it, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, so, I know a lot of people have criticized both Mexico and the U.S. team because of the the ease of their, their division, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So... I kind of was, uh, it was interesting to me that Jamaica did, was able to, to sort of stay in the game with the U.S. And they had beaten the U.S. Pro, uh, a couple months yeah. ago. Yeah, and, 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 uh, and the way Haiti played against Mexico, I, you know, maybe this is a good thing for, for, for American, North American uh, football, North and Central American football. It, yeah, I think it is. I think, because this was one of the questions that was asked on, I watched the ESPFC. And they were like, is this good for the U.S.? And uh, I forgot the guy's name. He used to play for MLS. He was like, I think it's good for Guyana and uh, Trinidad. He was like, I don't care about them. I'm talking about the U.S. And so he goes, he goes, well, no, it's not good for the U.S. And he's like, well, that's all I want. It can kind of be a, a, but a, a I, dick about I, it. I, I kind of think that it is because I think that... They're getting better. I think that, yeah, I think that the U.S. and Mexico maybe have been inhibited by their, their the ease of their schedules. You know what I mean? It was never required of them to take that extra step or take your full strength team yeah you know what i mean like they're doing so, now yeah so so i think that it hindered them more in the world cup but if you notice that all of these really good teams always come from these real tough divisions because they they, they have to be really good yeah you know and what they i mean play. yeah like super teams in the world cup are always come from these really tough divisions and i think that if, if mexico and, and the U.S. is the North American, Caribbean, and, and Central American division was mm-hmm. was more difficult. I think that Mexico and and the U.S. would make a better showing in the, in the World Cup. Oh yeah, that's when I like I said when I was growing up playing on the select traveling team for soccer. When we practice, the only thing we did was we would. Uh, that being practice. said, there is a, a, there is some good that comes out of uh, these. Uh, uh, what do they call them? games where you're playing against somebody that you know you're going to be uh, uh, the tune-up games tune-up games yeah. I, there is some good that comes from it but if every team that you play it's a is tune-up a game. tune-up team well you know you're not bettering yourself like, like the Patriots you know division <laughs> like the Patriots precisely yeah, yeah. yeah. but like I said when I, when I was growing up playing traveling team when we would practice we would practice we practice with each other but we were the older group there was right. a group of girls that uh, I don't think they were a select team I think they just happened to be girls that were playing because uh, they had the, the girls division so we would take the best girls and we'd play them and then we would practice against the there was two other teams that were select soccer teams but they were all younger than us so we'd practice against them you know and one of the teams the coach that coached us coached the other team so you could see those two the girls and the younger team getting better yeah. because they were playing against us who were the tougher team yeah. versus when we would the next tournament we went to we got smoked, you know, like, you know, because you weren't stepping up. Yeah, we weren't stepping our game. Still. When you play right. against better, you get better. Right. So, I think it's and it's going to help eventually. It will eventually help because they will get good enough to where they're competing against U.S. and Mexico. But it's going to take a while, and it's going to depend on the country. You know, there's small countries with. Barely any people, you know, they're gonna have to start grooming these players. It's tough, yeah. When, yeah. The, when when the crop is so limited, you know. What I mean? Yeah, when you got it's like okay, pick the best team out of Grand Junction, 
now you got to play the best team in the United States. Yeah. You're like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going you're gonna to get smoked, yeah. you know? I mean, there could be a couple of years where we could get a really good team. Yeah. But like I said, you have to do it every year and you have to keep... You have to keep that high level of competition. That would be your only focus. That's that's your only focus, you know. And so it does hinder them to a point. But if it does, if they were those divisions, those other teams like Guyana, Canada, you know, you can make a statement for them that they're they're not, you know, they're not a walk in the park. But at the same time, you know, it's not like you're walking down Central Park, you know, at midnight. So they're they're not. They're not a pushover, but they're also not very difficult. They're one of those teams that any given day, they could beat you, you know. Yeah. But in professional sports, that's everything. That can happen with any team in professional Because essentially, at the end of the day, they are professionals. They are good at that sport. Right. You know, so it's, they need, I think what needs to happen was the Copa America. They invite two outside teams every Copa America every two years. So this year they had Japan and I forgot the other team. But I, what I think is I think the U.S. and Mexico need to get into the Copa America yeah. for at least because it said this is every two this is every two years. So I would think like every other year when it's not the World Cup qualify, the U.S. and Mexico need to be in the Copa America, and that'll help Copa America out because now you're you got you got you're American more t- talent to the pool. Yeah, you're getting more money, you're getting more talent to the pool, and it's gonna be you're gonna get more television play because you think about it like. I was trying to watch the African Cup Nations tournament that just started, which uh, congratulations to Nigeria and Alex Iwobi. They won today against Cameroon. Nice. And, um, but there's nobody showing it. I, I couldn't find anywhere. Whereas I could, I found the Copa America. I found yeah. Copa, the CONCACAF. I found the Women's World Cup. So if you could bring that over there, they're going to get more play. They're going to get, there's going to be more money. And then that's going to give more exposure to the U.S. team, to the Mexico team. And they're going to get better. It, it's, to me, it's a win-win. Yeah, you know? yeah. And they're not... And a lot of people hated this time of this tournament because it's right in the middle of seasons. Like, the MLS season, stuff like that. So, their coaches were losing their best players to go play for the U.S. team. Right. You know, so, like, I get that part. But at the same time, it's like, that's part of the game. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's part of the game. You're the coach. You're not just... You can't be like, oh, I'm a good coach because I got stars. I just put in a play. Now your star's gone. How Now we're going to really see how you coach. Right. You know, uh, Stevie Nichols, I believe he's on the ESPN. He's one of those guys. He's at Advocate Against It. He is an MLS coach for the Galaxy, I think, or the Revolution. Right. He won a couple of MLS titles, which I, I don't hold an MLS title in regard, high regard, compared to the English Premier title or, oh, or, the, absolutely. Yeah. or the La Liga title, you know. So it's like... It's almost like I kind of was like, well, you know what, dude? Like, sit back for a minute. Like, you, you're you're whining and crying because you're losing your best player to go play for the country. It doesn't mean anything. You know, this yeah. And that. And you're like, you know what it does? It gives those star players exposure to a better, better players, better teams. You right, know, right? So they need that. Yeah. You they know, need they're that just competition playing. To, 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 so they can step up their game. Yeah, because there's there's that exposure too. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah, and yeah. it. It helps. It'll help shoot them up. Help a, yeah, a superstar and all that yeah. stuff. You know, and I, I want to take a second to apologize for delving into the politics in this particular podcast. Uh, I want to try to keep it lighthearted. 
uh, and funny and, and uh, you know, talk about the things that people want to hear and at the same time and stuff too. I just, uh, I, I, I want to try to avoid that one particular subject. You know, yeah, it's because it's such a it's such a passionate subject right now. You know what I mean? I don't. And with I something like this, feel like I can. Into. Yeah, it's really easy to get into. But I want to thank everybody for listening to our our second episode of uh, Dos Pistoleros. Um, I'm Ramon Chabron. Thank you guys. This is Boots, and this is Dos Pistoleros. So you guys have a great day, and stay tuned for our next podcast. We're gonna try to do these weekly. So hopefully we can get another one out tomorrow for the. Uh, final games and with the uh, All-Star and Home Run Derby coming up. We're going to try to get one for those. So thank you guys. Have a great evening. See you next time. Bye-bye.